Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Alex Trebek cares for cattle. Alex Trebek cares for cattle. Bumblebee, bumblebee, bumblebee. All right. Uh, I don't have a really good intro, so it's going to be off the cuff. But I did listen to it, so at least I know what I should start with. It's all off the cuff. Let's do it. Plus, this is episode three now, so people should have a little familiarity. So, nailed that one. (laughs) Go for it, Matt. (laughs) All right. So, welcome back to the Open Practice Podcast. This is episode three. And so far, we have been proud to give you a breadth of the open practices and a little bit of deep dives into some of the practices. And so today, we have another one for you. And I am joined by, uh, first, my co-host, Jerry Becker. Hey, everybody. We're back at it. Episode three. Can you believe it? Look how far we've come, Matt. Three. I know we're you know one ABCs you, one two three. Remember all all those days ago when we first started out on this amazing journey, and now look at us. Definitely only a few days ago, <laughs> not months. We're getting there. <laughs> we're, wherever we're headed, we're getting there. <laughs> it's the journey, Jerry. It's the journey. It's the journey, and it's been it's been so wonderful to take with you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Pleasure was uh, definitely all mine. But hey, this isn't just about you and I, is it? I mean, that's silly. We have another guest today to talk about another practice on the Open Practice Podcast. So we are going to throw it over to our friend Omar and uh, have him tell us a little bit about about who Omar is. Yes. Hello. Thank you guys for having me on the podcast. It's, it's actually pretty funny. I listened to episode two yesterday on event storming with Mr. Patrick Carney, one of the Red Hat Architects. So getting myself kind of ready to go with you guys. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Hi again, Omar McNeil. I am an engagement lead with Red Hat uh, Open Innovation Labs. Kind of my role is uh, we kind of help wear multiple hats, but, you know, leading residencies, helping uh, internal uh, projects or anything else that any kind of help anybody else needs, I kind of jump in and get it done. Well, thanks for joining us today, Omar. Appreciate it. Um, I'm sure that you're doing a little less traveling these days. Let's see. (laughs) Quarantine life. uh, This is funny. I I think I I mentioned this prior to us recording is that at any moment during this recording, one of us may have a little one jump on in the background and say, Daddy, what are you doing? Or something crazy like that. Or, hey, turn on my tablet, please. So it's just. I thought we chose nap time for a reason. I know. (laughs) Tell that to my. What's nap time? Tell that to my four year old. I don't remember nap time. <laughs> I miss nap time very, very much. I miss nap time for me. <laughs> of course, we're going to throw the first question at you that we like to throw at our at our guests. So, spirit animal, what is Omar McNeil's spirit animal coming into the podcast today? Oh, uh, it's it's simple. It's the easiest one. Uh, it's a bit of a throwback, but I'm going to throw a Care Bear stare at you. That is my spirit animal. I'm ready to go, ah, and just, you know, share on to everybody. It's funny because I, I use that as my spirit animal. Actually, 
That that is always my spirit animal when I use it during this practice, because that's what I do. I just give out all the love and I like to share. I thought you were just gonna say you just stare at people until they give you one. <laughs> just just mean mug them. Ah. I can see how that would work. Uh, so uh, you said, you know, the practice that we wanted to kind of get into, um, you know, social contracts uh, are are very crucial practice in a lot of in a lot of teams. But uh, can you just describe a little bit about, you know, what a social contract is and, and even why it's so important for these teams? Yeah. So a social contract. Well, I'll give you my opinion and not like the textbook answer, but a social contract basically is uh when a team comes together and you form this contract, it, it's the way of working, how we're going to treat each other, how we're going to work. Like there's a couple, there's a lot of little things that you can throw in there, such as, uh, you know, your, your working hours, you know, should we take team breaks or team meetings or team lunches, stuff like that. There's a lot of little things to, that you can use, but it's a very important to have it because I've seen cases where teams don't have one. And there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of turmoil. Like, you know, there's there you don't have the discussion about, uh, you know, respect the effort or, hey, you, there's no yes ands. There's a lot of yes buts. Uh, there's a lot of conflicts there and kind of helps resolve conflicts and it helps keep people in line. And it honestly, it helps people treat each other kindly. Uh, sometimes the teams form their their first time working together or just you have people from different walks of life, different everything and when you try to form a team sometimes there's lots of conflict so it helps kind of resolve a lot of that and gets everyone working on the same page yeah i like how it's used to really like fast forward the process of just working together and figuring out how you're going to work and what the culture is going to be like as you go mm -hmm. it just moves that conversation up to the very beginning in order to kind of set the stage and be intentional about that kind of discussion which is which is really cool and often helps bring a team together a lot more quickly um, and build trust between them. I'm, I'm, I'd be interested in, in hearing, how did you first discover um, this practice and when did you use it? Uh, this was a couple of years ago. I, uh, I was brought on uh, with a company in the past to help, to help a team. And they walked in and they were like, Omar, we love your personality. Can you please help this team? Because there's a lot of infighting. I said, okay, let me, let me observe for a week and then we'll go from there. And from my observations that, yes, there was a lot of infighting, a lot of uh, people were just not kind to each other. There was like no team sentiment. There was no, uh, there was nothing there. So I said, okay. So I kind of did some research and, and I was like, oh, look at this social contract. Let's, let's experiment with this. So I uh, kind of set the team down and say, hey guys, you know, uh, here's, here's what I've observing, but here's something I like to try. Uh, I would like to get everybody here. And again, this is a psychologically safe environment for everybody to express your thoughts and feelings without feeling persecuted. So we had our nice giant sticky on the board. And I said, all right, I asked a couple of open-ended questions about how does everyone want to be treated? Like how should we work together as a team? Uh, and a couple other things uh, like team building events. And then everyone would use stickies put on the board. We would vote on them and we would agree to, we agree to how we want it to work. And then at the end, I was like, all right, everyone sign your name at the bottom. They're like, why? Why do I need to sign this? Because we're holding ourselves accountable for how we're treating each other and how we're acting as a team. When have you looked to have to uphold that? And, and how does that conversation really uh, get started uh, when you're trying to reinforce your social contract? So uh, there's been a few cases during, uh, is usually, I find it's during like 
technical debates with some of your team members who are trying to there it's a a cordial conversation that went off the rails like someone's like well this way is better because blah, blah, like you know they're defending their arguments basically and it kind of violates uh if you have in your social contract either a psychologically safe environment or be positive uh challenge the idea not the person uh so what i've done in the past is uh, is you know kind of don't necessarily jump in and like you know do like in the movies like stop fighting pull it apart but like just like hey guys can I offer you guys an observation I'm seeing with what's going on kind of assert myself but don't like jump in the middle because I don't want to like get hit by a fist or something but basically like, you know I I kind of hear what what's going on here but at the same time I I have to raise my hand and and you know point at what we agreed upon on our social contract uh you know be positive. Uh, be respectful in challenging ideas or, you know, challenge the idea of the person. But I feel like this is going off the rails. Let's 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 pause, take a break. We'll come back and let's reflect and, and talk about this. OK, there's a, a, a there's a challenge here. How might we address this without beating each other up? And then usually that calms everyone like, oh, you know, you're right. I kind of forgot I was in the heat of the moment. But it's like, you know, you turn, you point to the wall or in a in the digital world, like, hey, let's revisit our social contract. Is that what we're doing right now? Are we being kind to each other? Because, you know, again, in this newly remote world, it's a lot of challenges for people, lots of frustrations. People are kind of, some people feel cooped up. So, you know, there's a lot of pent up uh, angst there. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of help dissolve that as much as possible. Yeah, I I like that. It's, um, uh, it gives you like a really good structured way to have a conversation. Which is which is really powerful because I think you alluded to it. Um, sometimes it's not always the best to jump in and end conflict, which I think is is a challenging idea for some facilitators because there is healthy mm-hmm. conflict conflict because a lot of times that's rooted in a belief or a missed expectation for somebody or something. And so sometimes as a facilitator, it's good to come in and and walk the team through that conversation mm-hmm. and not just shut it down because something there's something important about what was being said. But if you can point back to a social contract and walk the rest of that conversation out in a respectful and healthy way, then you've done it where you've honored everybody that's in the room. But then also you can get, you can get that insight that usually will end up either being a new social contract item. If somebody like, you know, rip, you share something that was an expectation that wasn't met for them or something, um, or at least helps um, everybody to understand each other a little bit more, which helps build that trust too. So it's a really, uh, it's a really cool tactic. Um, do you have any other like facilitation tips that you found to be really helpful, especially like if you imagine somebody maybe running this for the first time? Uh, for this practice in particular, yes. Uh, be encouraging. I'm a bit of a cheerleader. If you guys haven't, well, if you both have worked with me before, I'm a huge cheerleader, you know, for just team interaction, getting things done, working together, having fun. Uh, but other tips, I would say kind of focus a lot, not a lot, but make sure you get that culture piece in there. I always like to make sure that there's uh, a team outing or a team, something like w- once a sprint or whatever cadence you want to do, that there's some kind of team building activity. Uh, so, the example I gave earlier about the team kind of walked in and like, oh, it was chaos. Uh, built in every other week, we would have a team event for during lunchtime. So we would we would go get milkshakes as a team. We would go to B-dubs and just eat wings. Or we would just 
shut down a conference room and play stupid games. You know, I, like one time I uh, I brought Cards Against Humanity in, or we played uh, another, uh, there was another game with the cards. Uh, but it was an, basically, you can just play di- Ter- Terrible yes. Teams. Ter- yeah, Terrible Never Teams that you can play with. Uh, so yes, uh, so there's a bunch of other things that you can do, but just the important thing is like you stop and I, the rule I said, okay, during our team event, we don't talk shop. We don't talk work. We just talk about each other. We have fun. So that way the team learns about each other. You kind of build empathy. Uh, kind of like, you know, if you go to war with somebody, I want somebody I can trust, somebody I know versus we're do- we just work together and kind of like that cut and dry. want to remove those barriers. You want to be like, okay, hey, we're a team, not, oh, well, I'm Joe Blow from uh, this uh, from Dev, and I'm Joe Blow from security. I guess we'll work together. No, I want them to be a unit, a team, and kind of mesh well together. So kind of make sure you focus on that. Uh, make sure also another tip is, again, I kind of talked in earlier, that psychologically safe environment. Uh, I always like to make sure that it is okay and safe. Like, ask any question. If you want to call someone out, just do it in, res- in a respectful manner, but that is there. And then also make sure we have an environment uh, that is, it is okay to fail, but it is not okay not to learn. So how do you handle the, the gaps that you might see in a, in a social contract that from your experience, you know, would be important for the team to discuss? Is that like something that you bring up uh, like once you're reviewing everybody's inputs after they've done their silent generation, or do you as a facilitator tend to actively participate in building the social contract as well? I've done it both ways. It's, it, especially if, if I'm on the team, then I will definitely participate. If I'm just there as a facilitator, then I kind of like, hey, you know, you guys have some good stuff here. What do you think about this? Would this be important to you guys? And they're like, oh, yes, let's let's talk about that. And so uh, just kind of dropping those those nuggets in there like, huh, I like what we guys got going here, but I think have you guys thought about adding this? What do you think about that? And they put it back on them. Like, oh, yeah. And then kind of like, you know, give them not the full answer, but give them a, 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 a small thing. Like, you know, you guys have nothing to hear about your core hours. Like, when does everybody work? Should there be something about, you know, being available or agreeing upon a set time that you're like mobbing or pairing and kind of throw it out to them? Like, oh, yeah, let's. Let's do nine to two every day or just like, you know, let them figure that out. But like, give them the partial answer. Let let, let them finish it. I love the positivity, but there always are times to where things kind of go like off the rails or you get some curveballs in there. Someone tries to put something in the contract that others don't really agree on. So uh, have you ever gotten to a time that uh, things have actually gone off the rails? And how did you really kind of get that train back on there? So in, in that case, someone's like, I want to put up here where it's like a, a basically a command and control type item. We'll use that as an example. And, you know, in that situation, uh, one, I want to hear what the person, their rationale. So I would give them the audience. Uh, we give them the stage. Okay, you put this on your can you please walk us through it instead of just say that's done smash 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 because you don't want to do that because uh, yeah, you don't want to no, hulk smash no hulk smashes during the social contract uh, <laughs> you want to let them be able because another thing is people want to feel that they can uh, uh, again that psychological safe environment fine speak your piece I want to hear everything yes and uh, 
so we let them hear it, and then I kind of turn to the team. Team, uh, let's talk about. I want you guys to talk about this because I want everyone to feel comfortable and agree upon this decision. And then there's been times where the team will do it themselves and say no, and then, but though sorry, let me rephrase it. They won't say no. They'll say yes and or hmm, interesting, but let's try this. Or sometimes, you know, sometimes there is a definite no. Like someone was like, uh, we must start work at seven o'clock. And people are like, no, I don't get out of bed till 7.05. <laughs> you know, but just give them the audience. Let, let's talk about it as a team. Uh, there have been a few times where I had to say, I don't think the team will agree with you on that. Let's hear from everybody else. And then kind of poke the bear to let the team speak about it. To kind of like, hey, you know, we don't agree with this. and Or you do a dot vote. Sometimes dot voting can really save your butt. Like, it, it, or like, mm -hmm. you know, the uh, another one where if it's really heated, like, okay, close your eyes. We're going to do a fist of five. And then like, or whoever wants this thumbs up, thumbs down, or give me a four, give me three, give me five. And then we kind of rate it that way. And that way it's anonymous. People don't feel put out and we can vote on it democratically without somebody getting upset. I like looking to involve uh, the team in a lot of the decisions, uh, giving people the space. Uh, I was, I forget what I was watching. I was watching something the other day and they, uh, the person that was speaking was like a, like a chief negotiator for the, like the, the FBI. And he was saying that, uh, the key to any strong and good negotiation is understanding and ensuring that everybody's heard. Uh, because if anyone gets heard and people are able to say their piece, they're actually getting what they want, which is to be vocal about an opinion. And by being vocal about the opinion, you can then get everything into the space and determine what is the best course of action afterwards. Yes. Sometimes people, like you said, they just want to be heard. They want to speak their mind. And once they get it out, they're, ah, okay, that's off my chest now. Yeah, for sure. Especially in facilitating. I felt like that kind of life lesson really came out of the kind of work that we do with product teams in, in knowing that like mm -hmm. people really just want to be understood. And we have all these cool practices like social contract that are vehicles for that to bring people's like full, full person to a team, which is really good. When you can get that, you not only get their productivity, but you get their passion, you get their curiosity, you get their creativity, their insights. So it's a really powerful thing. So are there any other areas besides things like core hours or something like that that you think are, you know, without without giving teams like, hey, make sure this is on your contract, but certain areas that you would want them to to consider, especially as a facilitator, so that they can start to identify those gaps? Uh, yeah, so definitely contract. around uh, conflict, conflict resolution, problem solving, because that's probably a lot of what will happen, like their conversations, trying to agree upon uh, the best technical path forward or the best process forward, like something that's in the contract where they agree to disagree, but they do it positive and they find uh, a resolution together positively. So around communication and problem solving, definitely the culture piece. Um, a lot of the team sentiment, you know, uh, don't leave anybody behind, pair up, mob if needed just to make people feel that they can reach out and ask for help when needed. Do you think um, the, the social contract practice pairs well with any other practices, either some, uh, a specific practice or an activity or something to do either before you do one or uh, right after? I think we kind of touched about it. Like, you know, you can do spirit animals, you can do uh, kind of like 
because it, it's it's a lot of the, that 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 team forming, team bonding. Like when you first set it off in the beginning, and then it kind of lives throughout the life of the team. So anything where you kind of get people kind of at ease and kind of drop their social guards down to be able to communicate with each other. So you know, uh, face the the agile faces, uh, spirit animals. Uh, I I really like the the human rock paper scissors kind of break people out of their habits. You know, just some of the the, the fun things that you do together as a you know an icebreaker or or something to kind of get them together. And then boom, social contract. And then you can always revisit it during your retrospectives if you're in a in a sprint cadence there. Yeah, I find that social contract is definitely something that you want to do in the beginning of your teams uh, as like they initially form or as they are looking to embark upon like a new project journey or a new uh, product uh, development journey because it helps set the tone. And, and you know, uh, Omar, what you were saying, I, I completely agree is as new teams uh, look to form, you want to have a bit of that icebreaker to get them out of the norms. That way they have that more open discussion when you have the mm -hmm. contract and then, constantly yep. revisit it always revisit it yeah especially during retros like you said i think that's a great natural time to 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 be listening for especially during the retro things that might have to map back to your social contract so i think that was a good call out and then obviously you mm -hmm. have times you revisit it just as they come up you know somebody shares something that's not on there you know um and then what do you what do you do when you update the social contract is that just like you just throw the new sticky on there, or the new item, and then everybody kind of gives it a thumbs up. Yeah, so so typically, it's, I want to make sure the entire team is involved. You, I don't want to just ninja creep and put something on there that nobody like. When did this get put on there? I don't agree to this. You know, you got to have that conversation where everyone is allowed to, you know, give their opinion or speak their mind or their disagreement or or agreement with the the change, the add or the removal. Uh, so so I'll either say. Uh, if it's at the end of a retro, like, hey, hey, team, this might be a good time for us to, and we'll either turn to that section of the wall, or I slide over on my mural collaborative uh, digital board, we'll slide over to that section and be like, hey, let's revisit this, especially we'll pinpoint on this section here. Uh, this is the situation. Uh, do we need to change this? How should we change this? Or should we remove it? Should we add something else? You know, have the conversation as a team. What was the most memorable thing that you ever had on a social contract? Oh, most memorable, most memorable. Um, yeah, we had one um, where uh, it was on one of my past projects, and one of the items that everybody agreed <laughs> on was dad jokes, and and it 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 lived it lived on throughout the whole project, which was a long one. Um, and it, it, we actually built on the idea and created a dad joke uh, counter, yep. like on our quote wall. So we had a quote wall or anytime somebody said something funny or important, we would put it up there. And then we had a dedicated section just for <laughs> dad jokes that happened. And I think we even ran out of space by the end of it. But that was a Must good have been one. a lot of fun up, though, bad you know? dad jokes on there for it to be that big. <laughs> How about you, Matt? Do you have any ones that like pop out in your head from your experience? One of my favorites, and it's only happened on one team. Sorry, Matt. Matt, can I stop you real quick and just say, watching <laughs> you laugh as much as you are and being on, I, I'm, I can only guess it's a hippity hop <laughs> while you're recording this, is one of the happiest things. It's one of the happiest images I've ever seen in my life. You chuckling, bouncing on a hippity yeah, hop. Pretty... 
Um, it's a yoga ball. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're doing in life, that's that image is what I want my life to. What feel bouncy? Like at the end of it all. It's got it up. It's got its ups and downs. I gotta tell you. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. But I'm being at it right, right now. Um, yeah. So the, the most interesting thing that I found on a social contract was, um, uh, it was phrased that it it was spicy, but with purpose, uh, and that's the way it was phrased on the social contract. The the original intent, uh, and it kind of evolved over the course of this uh, this team's time together, was uh, for food. <laughs> so people liked bringing in food and ordering food, um, except there was a very great range of spiciness desires by the team. And so if we were ordering like large catering, we had to, ha- uh, spicy was okay, but it had to have a purpose. It couldn't just be like, um, ghost pepper spicy um, if it didn't have the flavoring that went behind it. It evolved into conversations. Uh, and so when conversations started to get a little bit heated or spicy, um, they always had to have a they always had to have a Bing. purpose. And uh, so if someone if if someone couldn't understand what that purpose was, um, the team felt comfortable in a safe space to call that out. And so if it was spicy with a purpose, it was okay to continue the debate. But if it was without purpose, it was just basically an argument to be heard, we could can it and use the contract actually to relate back. It was really cool um, thing that started as a funny thing that evolved into something that was incredibly important. I like that. Oh, that's a really good one. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, that's deep, though. I like it. That adds a lot of direction and intentionality to uh, to the conversations and potential conflicts. That's good. Uh, so, Omar, we know that you've used the social contract uh, on mm-hmm. a lot of the, the, the engagements that you've done and the teams that you've consulted with and stuff, but... Um, do you think that this has an application oh, outside yes, of like yes, a yes. digital uh, In a past life, I, I coached high school sports. I coached uh, high school wrestling for about 11 years. So sometimes the, t- the team captains will say, hey, you guys need to have a conversation with the team, how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to conduct yourselves, and let them make the decision. So, for example, one year one team was like, okay, before our matches, we're all going to wear ties. Or this is how we act on the road. Or here's how we – act together in school, you know, if, if there was a situation where uh, a teacher had to come to a coach for somebody misbehaving, uh, then the team would be, the team would handle it as a team. Uh, we would let the captains know, and then they would say, hey, we agreed upon this as a team, so here's the punishment, and then they would go do their thing. So use it there. Uh, I've tried using it with my, with my kids, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a i have a four and seven year old that run around uh so trying to like you know be nice to your little sister or don't take your big sister's toys and stuff like that 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 <laughs> just doesn't work with the kids that young but i tried <laughs> no that's good i can tell you i've used it on my family or with my family also like we've we've formed a family social contract that we update and stuff also and it's really cool to get mm-hmm um your kids insights on what they think is important about how family treats each other which is really cool um and then i i actually just pulled it out a couple of weeks ago um in a college class that i'm taking 
And we're in, we're like in a, a, a team format. So there's like five of us on a team working through a project throughout this entire class. And we're in like, we were in like week nine or something like that. And we were having a really hard time with missing people's unspoken expectations. And it was causing a lot of frustration and communication issues and stuff. And so I was like, hey. so we did our, our, our weekly team meeting and I was like, hey, has anybody heard of this thing called a social contract? Like, do you guys think it'd be worth trying this? And they were like, yeah, it completely reset the tone of us. And like, we, we were able to not only get so much more done, but all of the frustration that had started to build up in some of these, like in how we were talking to each other completely went away. We kind of hit like this reset button and having those guardrails and expectations communicated up front has been so much better. And now we're like making jokes together and like laughing. And, and I think it went to show that like, it's, it's never too late to do one. Like we were two thirds of the way through the duration of this course mm -hmm. and it still ended up being really valuable. So it's mm -hmm. not something you have to do in the beginning. I think it's best done at the beginning when a team is still forming, but that doesn't mean you can't do it later on and still get a lot of value out of it. I think mm -hmm. it's important. And to anyone can even time. bring it up, right? Yep. It shouldn't be the responsibility of a lead to, to bring up uh, some sort of practice like mm -hmm. this. It's really anybody It's Hey, exactly is what you were uh, talking about, Jerry. Have you heard about this? Do you think it would be valuable if we were to attempt something like this? That's why like what and why and a desired outcome is so important versus just saying, I want to generate this artifact because this artifact is going to be the end all be all. Yeah, I would even I would even say um, not just on the lead to bring up the idea of a social contract, but also it's not just on the lead or the facilitator to enforce the social contract. I think Omar, you were talking mm -hmm. about this earlier that it really is owned by the team and needs to be enforced by the team. So encouraging team members to point out things that are in violation of the contract is good. And uh, you know, from my personal experience, I found it helpful to model that first as a facilitator for the room by calling things out. But then once people start to get comfortable with that's the way that we're gonna work is if somebody violates it, it's called out, we have a discussion. Mm -hmm. Maybe we update the contract or maybe we just kind of like reinforce it and we reset whatever just happened to try it in a way that abides by the contract. But I felt that to be uh, to be really helpful and modeling it first really gets people comfortable with doing it mm -hmm. on their own because it really is a team thing. And another cool thing is thing, that uh, sometimes I was in an environment where there were multiple teams and we kind of played with a social contract and one team just ran with it. And then you kind of notice, like the other team started noticing, like, hey, they're they're like going out to lunch together, they're laughing, they're having fun, but they're also getting so much work done. Like, what is this thing? That, like, what happened? Like, they part of the reason is that they are working together much better. They use a social contract. You know, it's like you know, it kind of sometimes if you're in that big, big multiple team environment, that just sometimes it starts to spread because people like the enthusiasm, they, they like to succeed, they like to be happy. So they kind of, it's like a wildfire that picks up and kind of goes through your environment. So Omar, um, you know, I always, I always love keeping up with, in touch with you and I love chatting with you. Um, but I'm looking at the, the time here and we are close to nearing uh, an hour. 
And so I'd love to see if we could continue the conversation. So how can people keep up with you? Uh, let's see the, the, the usual social, let's see, at Twitter, I am uh, Ozone Omi, all one word, Ozone Omi. And <laughs> I like how Matt is, is laughing. <laughs> that screen name the gas. And then, Dad. And on LinkedIn, it's just uh, the in slash Omar McNeil. <laughs> cool. Well, we can put that. Man, you your your creative juices really dropped off. Oh, I, got, I gotta keep it professional. I, <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, cool. We can put that in the show notes if anybody wants to keep up with you, which we we would highly encourage anybody to. Um, Omar's got a lot of knowledge and stuff, so feel free to hit him up with anything. But um, yeah, thanks for joining us today, Omar. We appreciate it. Um, and. Thanks to everybody for, for listening. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> hey, hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for perking them ears up, getting on this here podcast. We about to close out now. Just appreciate y'all hollering. Coming back with you. Yeah, is that offensive? I, I, we I live in Virginia. It's a lot. I, was, I grew up in Virginia. You know, every once so I feel like I my, uh, my roommate was from uh, uh, Bristol, Virginia. So down south down there in Bristol. So, you know. Every once in a while, the twang comes out a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit <laughs> of that draw. Sometimes you just gotta let it out. Gotta Sometimes love it. Gotta let it out of the cage. All right. Thank well, you for having thanks me. Thanks again. Thanks again, Omar. Appreciate it. Uh, All right. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see you guys next time on the All right. practice. Everyone, podcast. stay open. Hey, you. High fives to you for listening to this episode of the Open Practice Podcast. That was awesome of you. And you should do it more often because who doesn't like more awesome stuff in their lives? It's awesome. If you like what you heard and you want to know more, feel free to head over to openpracticelibrary.com where you can find a wealth of activities and practices that you can run with your team in order to help get you from idea to delivery. And while you're there, why not upload your own stuff too? This is all about a community. We all need to share what's in our brains so that we can all get better at creating better ideas and turning those into better solutions for people. So contribute. We need it. If you want to keep up with us, you can also hit us up and follow us on Instagram at Open Practice Library. Thanks for listening and stay open. All right. Here we go. Here we go. For the top. Yep. 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 Yep, yep, yep. It's an open practice podcast. Yeah.